everyone. Welcome back to Well Then, a podcast where we talk about all things wellness and putting your health first. I'm your host, Megan Scherer. Today's guest is one that I'm really excited to introduce because she is going to chat with us about how specific juice blends can be supportive in the healing process for certain chronic health conditions. Sabrina Kapoor has worked in the healthcare sector in several capacities throughout her career, pharmaceutical advertising, nonprofit fundraising for hospitals and community health practices, and Pilates instruction. Her career has been dedicated to improving the health of others, and her trajectory from advertising to Pilates instruction has allowed her to have an increasingly more direct impact on others' health. Sabrina holds a bachelor's degree from Stanford University, a master of science in fundraising and grant making from New York University, and a Pilates certification from the Kane School of Core Integration. Sabrina's career experience and years of illness in her own life have given her significant knowledge of best practices for living with chronic inflammation and disease. As a Pilates instructor, Sabrina has taught extensively in the chronic illness community, including those with neurodegenerative and rheumatological diseases and connective tissue disorders as well. So tune in as Sabrina shares her own story with chronic illness and her company, Juice and Salt, and how Juice has made a huge impact in her personal healing journey. All right. Hi, Sabrina. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here to have this conversation with me. Oh, sure. Happy to be here. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to, to dive in. I know you and I have talked a little bit already about, um, you know, some of your journey and how uh, Juice has made an impact and, and kind of the route you've gone down and teaching people about the healing power of juices. Um, but I would love if you could just share a little bit with people listening about your journey and, and what led you here um, and what your own experience with Juice has been. Sure. Um, I started juicing every day um, three years ago in 2017 um, because at the time I couldn't uh, digest solid food. Uh, even a smoothie was too much solid food for me at the time. And so I, and I'll tell you why that is in a second, but I learned um, through trial and error that juice not only gave my digestive system a break, but prov- and, no, and not only provided me with uh, nutrition and caloric intake, but was helpful to systemic in- inflammation that I had. And thus it seemed like more than just a meal. It seemed like something that was healing for an illness that I had at the time. So in 2015, so five years ago, I contracted a virus very different from the virus that is now circulating in the country, but I contracted a virus that ravaged several areas of my brain. It left me with significant loss uh, in terms of my ability to move and my cognition. And it also affected a part of the brain called the hypothalamus, which uh, manages every involuntary process in the body. So heart rate, blood pressure, breathing, digestion, sleep, pupil dilation, vascular uh, dilation and constriction, so of your blood vessels in your leg, for example, uh, it ravaged all that. That all went out the window. That led to um, what's clinically called dysautonomia, which is dysfunction of the autonomic nervous system, which is housed in the hypothalamus. Um, And when you have dysautonomia, specifically, I had postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. When you have that, 
your brain does not tell your body to do those basic functions. Control your heart rate, digest food. That can lead to a host of comorbidities. Um, as if that's not enough, and if, if as if the movement and cognition limitations, which were consistent with the severe stroke, were not also enough. Postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome yields uh, certain comorbidities, and there, there are reasons in the vascular uh, system as to why this happens. But suffice to say, for purposes of simplicity, one of the comorbidities that is often seen with dysautonomia is mast cell activation disorder, or basically histamine intolerance. Mm. It's, an immune, it's an immunological issue. Um, basically, your white, a white blood cell called the mast cell releases histamines. Normally, we all want some histamines in our body, but in mast cell activation disorder, in histamine intolerance, you have too much. So basically, I had all of these factors working against me, whereby I had no chance of, 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 of digesting food. Histamine intolerance, I'm sure a lot of your um, listeners and followers are familiar with it because it's become quite a thing, quite a buzzword. Um, sure. Basically, if you have a lot of histamine, you're going to respond negatively to histamine-containing foods, of which a lot of popular foods are histamine-containing. And then if you, can't, if, you re if you react to that, you're just going to keep reacting to everything you consume. So basically, I was in a state of significant inflammation, not only um, because of the neurological issues I was having, not only because of, of the systemic um, uh, basically, basically, all of my um, basic functions, breathing, heart rate, all that were just shot inflammation-wise, but also I couldn't eat. So a whole host of issues, all of which came from one virus. Wow. Um, so when I was at, at, this, at this place, you know, and in this place of trying to figure out what can I consume, uh, through a lot of research I figured out myself, which was then corroborated through blood work, but I figured out myself that I had histamine intolerance based off of what I kept responding to, kept reacting to. Um, and so I turned to juice. And I'll stop there if you have any questions on that. Well, so I'm curious. So it sounds like initially you turned to juice more just because of the basic function that you you couldn't eat solid foods. It, it, it wasn't that you turned to it knowing already that it could potentially help heal you. It was just like, wow, this is the only thing I can ingest to get some nutrition in my body. That's, that that's right? exactly right. That's exactly right. Yes. Wow. And then, so then after you started juicing, you learned like, wow, maybe there's something more to this. Did you start to see some of your symptoms improving? Well, here's, there's, there's a, a few, there are a few layers to that answer. I mean, what I recognized, even though I was turning to, to juice, like you said, for nutrition, um, I, I knew that I could only make juice that had very low histamine ingredients. Mm -hmm. um, so I won't go through the whole list of histamine containing and histamine liberating foods. I'm sure people can look that up unless you want me to. But suffice to say, I had to, I knew I had to have juice ingredients that were not high histamine fruits and vegetables. But high histamine fruits and vegetables, I'll give you two of them, are spinach and lemon. Which and are so some I of the was most common ingredients in like all juices out there, right? <laughs> precisely. So I was I was chained to my juicer. I had to make juice several times a day for the sake of nutrition and calories. But I could not go to a juice place and buy a juice. Mm. 
because of the exact reason that you just that you just said. Um, they are some of the most common juice ingredients. So I would go to a very you know prevalent <laughs> juice place in New York. Actually, at the time I was in San Francisco um, and moving to New York. But suffice to say, some of the same stores are there as are here. And I um, I would go there. And I would not be able to buy anything. And it made no sense in my head as to why I was completely reliant on something that I could not purchase, notwithstanding the fact that some of the um, some of the symptoms that I mentioned earlier through postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome make it um, sometimes you, you are completely unable to stand up. Um, because of the effects on your heart rate, blood pressure, and vasculature, such that I was forced to stand at a juicer on days where I could maybe tolerate 20 to 30 seconds uh, at a time standing. So it was a cruel joke on days that I could get up and leave the house that I would go and be unable to buy a juice. But what I did do is I would, again, on good days, walk around the juice place, of the name of which I won't mention, and look at the labels. And I would see labels such as gut green juice or red immunity juice. And it struck me heavily that this is ridiculous. Who's gut? Who's immunity? Because my friend with IBS who's following a low FODMAP diet couldn't have those ingredients, right? If you have a, if you have um, IBS and you're following a low FODMAP diet, IBS and small intestine bacterial overgrowth are often um, a low FODMAP diet is prescribed to them. If you have those conditions, you can't have apple, pear, celery, beet, broccoli. Those are all very high FODMAP ingredients. So I'm looking at these juices and seeing these generic labels and feeling not only confused, but almost offended because they're just too generic to call it a gut green juice when that doesn't apply to so many people. And so I started to notice, huh, histamine intolerant can't get that juice. Someone following a low FIMAP diet can't get that juice. Someone who has high blood pressure should have that, but someone who has low blood pressure can't have that. On and on. And so it, it started to, for lack of a better word, eat at me. And I started um, an Instagram account uh, where I would photograph um, juices. This is a juice for, this is a good juice for iron deficiency. This is a good juice for high blood pressure, on and on. And I did that for, for a while before starting a juice company. And I mean, that's such a powerful thing, a conversation to have, because I don't think that this is really talked about that much even in the health world if at all i think that there's this connotation of you know whole plant-based foods are just healthy for everybody and like it's a generic one size fits all like health is health kind of diet when in reality what you said is is so accurate especially for people who are experiencing chronic illness or inflammation that there are very distinctly certain ingredients that can either help or hinder the condition that they're living with or, or working on healing. Um, but again, I, I don't think that information is necessarily out there at all. Um, so I, I love that it's something you've become so passionate about. And I'm curious to hear more about like, how did you discover, like, was it just based on your own personal research that you learned to discover like, okay, so this is, this is what's good for high versus low blood pressure. This is what's good for, you know, a low histamine diet. How, how did the um, juices in your business kind of come to be those, those formulations or recipes come to be? So I, so um, my 
company, Juice and Salt, is, is designed around six conditions. The six conditions that, they're, that it's designed around are all six that I've had. So as a result, largely from that virus, but also from um, previous health issues, I have had all six of the conditions on my menu. So IBS, low FODMAP diet, low histamine, uh, histamine intolerance, low histamine, followed a low histamine diet, insulin resistance, iron deficiency, low blood pressure, and high blood pressure. So, so the direct answer to your question is that my knowledge of the fruits and vegetables that are beneficial or detrimental to those conditions are from the fact that I've had all six of them. Mm. Um, and to your point, um, it isn't discussed. Certainly, there is no other juice company that is doing this that is tailoring juices to these, uh, the, the real nutritional needs of, of these conditions. But it is, fruits and vegetables are seemingly innocuous things, and they actually can have a powerful impact on our digestive system, um, immunological system, and vascular system. High blood pressure, low blood pressure is vascular. Um, but I will say that my juices are not curative they're not intended to be curative right i've you know it's it's interesting i often bring up this ant anecdote um i've had a few tasting events in the time that i've been selling and um one doctor was at one of the events and came up to me and said a wonderful question i'm so glad she asked it because i've been able to use it subsequently and because it was a smart it was a smart question on her part she said why do you think juice is so much better than food um, and I think that was that was a smart question. It, it didn't actually apply to me, which is fine, um, because I actually don't think that juice is better than food. I think ingredients are better than some other ingredients. So basically, the the two mo's of my business, one of which is actually my tagline, is that if you're going to have a juice, you should pick the one that's right for you. That's not going to cure your condition, but it is not for, it's not largely going to make it worse. It's not going to exacerbate your condition. And then the, 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 the line that's actually the tagline of my company is ingredients matter. Um, so again, juice isn't better than solid food, but if you're going to have the right one, have the one that's right for you. If you're going to have one, have the one that's right for you rather. Yeah, that I mean, that is such an important question that she asked and uh, an important point to, to point out is that, you know, you were you initially started drinking juice out of necessity because you couldn't eat other food. Um, it wasn't that you you didn't want to or that you thought like a quote unquote juice cleanse was was important. And I think that you make a great point that if you are going to incorporate juice in your diet, it should be one that will help rather than hurt or hinder whatever your health goals are or whatever conditions you ha you may have. Exactly. Um, that's exactly right. And there, there are, um, you know, I'd be happy to, to, to talk about it to whatever level of detail um, you, you wish, but there are, as you said, there's science behind the ingredients. Every ingredient was chosen purposefully. 
Yeah, so can you actually, maybe we'll just use like one case study. I know that I have a lot of listeners who struggle with gut issues and I have a lot of people who uh, write in about IBS in particular. So I think that could be an interesting one to dive into, like what the formulation of your IBS juice is. And maybe there are people listening who, who didn't know that they, they couldn't have, you know, pears or apples or specific um, fruits with their digestive condition. Yeah, so so quite simply, the low FODMAP juices are uh, consistent with the low FODMAP diet. Um, as I said, some, so basically FODMAPs are short chain carbohydrates that, um, that inflame the gut of someone with IBS. They don't inflame the gut of everyone. Right. In fact, interestingly enough, and your, your followers may, may know this or might find it interesting, in large part, the low FODMAP diet is, is a direct opposite of the low histamine diet. By that I mean FODMAP, very high FODMAP containing foods, as mentioned, are apples, pears, beets, broccoli, celery, in terms of things that are in juices, also garlic, onions, we could go on. Right. By contrast, those are excellent sources of antihistamines. Every everything I just mentioned are superb on a low histamine diet. Also, conversely, citrus is a wonderful source of low FODMAP um, fruit. Uh, oranges, lemons, those are extremely high in histamines. So they're right. very, very opposite, which is another thing that struck me again three years ago, where I'm like, gut who? Gut whose gut is this good for? You know, because <laughs> she can't have the orange and she should have the orange. Um, and so... Um, fennel is another very high FODMAP, um, um, vegetable. And, and the thing is FODMAP, right? So that's an acronym that stands for, um, six different types of high FODMAP short chain carbohydrates. So fructans, oligosaccharides, disaccharides, monosaccharides, and polyols. So actually, and is a, is a, is a conjunction of their five, yeah. <laughs> five, not, not six, sorry about that. Um, six letters, five five um, examples. But suffice it to say, people who um, re react to high FODMAP fruits and vegetables, people who are suffering with SIBO or, or, or IBS, people who are on a low FODMAP diet, don't necessarily react to all of them. So you might react to polyols, but not disaccharides, um, not fructans, is, and some such. So by no means um, will everyone who's following a low FODMAP diet react to onions in the same way that they react to apples or fennel or broccoli. Um, but if you're going to have a juice company that's predicated on having juices that are safe for different conditions, you have to include all of them. So um, both, so I've, I have six conditions as mentioned, two juices per condition. So I sell 12 different juices. There are two low FODMAP juices um, and they're just low in FODMAPs. And um, okay, so something else I'm, I'm really curious to, to dive into that you and I like briefly touched on at one point, and I know that I think we share a similar viewpoint on this, but I would love for you to explain it to our listeners. And that is um, the, the topic of pasteurization when it comes to juices. Right, exactly. So um, that's, a, that's a great point. And it's also um, heavily involved in the design of my of my business um right so a lot of juice companies pasteurize their juices there are different 
types of pasteurization. So Tropicana, I mean, we can all agree, we all understand is extraordinarily heavily pasteurized. That's why it sits in the grocery store for weeks. Right. And then you can bring it home and it can sit in your fridge for more weeks. I mean, that's extreme pasteurization. And that's a business model um, that, that works for them. There's also a, a less extreme method of pasteurization called HPP, mm-hmm. high pressure, pa- high pressure um, processing, excuse me, that's a tongue twister. Um, let me put that to the side for a moment, uh, HPP, because a lot of companies use HPP as well. But by con- for context, if a juice company in the United States sells its juices in another brand store, so if you sell your juices at Whole Foods, or if you sell your juice at the gym, in the gym fridge, or at a spa, or if you ship your juices, basically, that's just the basic rules of the, of the FDA, all of, on all of, in all of those scenarios, a juice company by law has to pasteurize its juices. The way that you don't have to pasteurize your juices are twofold. One, you sell in your own store, and only in your own store. Mm-hmm. Or you are a direct-to-consumer, like me, whereby you make it in a, of course, by law, in a commercial kitchen. You can't make it in your house. (laughs) Unless your house, unless you don't, unless you certify your house as a commercial kitchen and don't also eat your dinner in it, but who wants to do that? (laughs) So, exactly. So, two things. You sell it in your own store or you um, are a DTC company whereby you make it and then you bring it direct to consumer to a homes or offices, which is what I do. So um, on, in those scenarios, you don't have to pasteurize. Um, but for companies who do pasteurize, some companies are able to say that they are an organic company, make organic juices, but they still pasteurize through HPP, which is basically cold pasteurization. It's not as heated of a pasteurization as Tropicana uses. But in order for you to say that you are organic and raw juice company, you cannot use HPP or any other form of pasteurization. So oftentimes, you, uh, so a company that uses HPP, which there are many in New York and nationwide, can say that they're organic and cold pressed. Excuse me, I meant to say cold pressed as well. So they can say cold pressed because they are cold pressed. But the distinction that you and your listeners want to look for, in my juice purist opinion, is organic, raw, and cold press, or organic, cold press, and raw. The raw piece implies that they are not using any form of pasteurization, HPP or otherwise. Um, But a lot of the times you see on juice bottles, organic, cold press, and it sounds good, but it's really not. A, A juice that, and then I'll stop talking, but a juice that is not pasteurized, that is raw, in other words, lasts for 72 hours at most. If you add HPP, you go 30 to 45 days where it can last. Wow. And and why is that important? So when we're talking about pasteurization, why would a consumer want to choose a raw, unpasteurized juice over one that has been through the HPP process? Because the three days for which a, a raw juice can last is, is 
implies that the, the vitamins and minerals, the bioavailable vitamins and minerals, last three days. If you're buying a juice that has HPP, all those guys are dead. And the benefit of juice, notwithstanding the fact that the benefit of juice to a company that's designing juices for people with significant health issues, but the, the benefit of juice, health issue or not, is that you want those bioavailable vitamins and minerals um, that are so potent when you're not having to digest it. So when you consume juice, the vitamins and minerals go directly into your bloodstream, which is why it was so helpful to me with so much inflammation um, of the sort that I had. And so if you, if you have those bioavailable vitamins and minerals going into directly into your bloodstream, you're actually reaping the benefits of uh, all the vitamin C in the broccoli or, or all the nitric oxide in the beets. If you have that juice sitting around for 45 days, there's nothing left in there, but some remnants of a beet. <laughs> so you're basically and, just getting like flavored water, <laughs> flavored sugar you're water. Cer you're certainly not getting the nutrients you could, um, is what I'll say. And so when I was designing a company and devising a business plan for a company that was not only going to be managed by me, someone who was a juice purist, as I said, but is also completely for the benefit of people with. Um, significant health issues. Um, there was no other avenue but to give them raw, unpasteurized juice made that same day. I mean, my juice, um, I make it in a commercial kitchen in the morning and deliver it that afternoon such that my customers have three days to drink it. Um, there's basically no time between the time I make it and the time you receive it. Um, that was the only method that could possibly work. How could I tell someone, um, this is good for your iron deficiency, this is high in vitamin C, um, and if you consume this high vitamin C juice at the same time you consume non-heme or plant-based iron, um, you will increase your absorption of iron fourfold. But oh, sorry, <laughs> vitamin C expired a few days ago. I mean, there was no there was no other way to have this business. And so, for people who are listening who might not live in New York or might ha not know of of any businesses locally that provide this kind of service do you recommend like getting a juicer and doing it on your own at home? Is that the best next best option to like going out to, to whole foods or juice shops that only offer pasteurized options? I mean, in my opinion, yes, I understand that juicing, um, not only for the cost of the juice, but for the repeated cost of, of, um, produce can be cost prohibitive. I'm aware of that. And, and yet I, on the flip side, um, really want people to have things that help them um, such that my answer is yes, understanding that it can be difficult. Okay. And so I, I am generally, I like to put out disclaimers that everyone's health journeys are so unique. All of our bodies are so unique and individual and we, we experience different rates of healing and have, you know, different experiences as, as human beings in general. But I'm curious when you did start to um, drink drink juices and and saw your inflammation going down. What was the um, process like for you? Like, what kind of reduction in symptoms did you see? Well, understand as as I implied earlier that I had a I had a significant illness that um, that affected so many different parts of my 
brain and body um, such that juice didn't help my cognitive issues. Juice didn't help my ability to move correctly. But if we're looking at the histamine intolerance and the dysautonomia, the, the autoimmune, uh, excuse me, the um, um, dysautonomia, the dysfunction of the, um, my God, why is the word escaping me? <laughs> Autonomic, <laughs> All the excuse time. me. Autonomic. Autonomic nervous system. If we're looking at that, um, juice 100% helped my histamine intolerance by virtue of the fact that I was relegating myself to um, foods that were not high in histamines um, and doing so again in a way where I was reaping the vitamins and minerals and the antihistamine ingredients immediately through juice. So by, by, all means, um, my histamine levels went down from juice. But again, my juice business is not implied to be curative of any condition. Um, but I will say, for me, my histamine levels went down. My histamine levels went down that um, that reduced inflammation, being an immunological condition, um, reduced inflammation um, benefited my immunity, um, and that I am pretty sure no one can know anything um, because this was a very rare form of virus, but I think it helped my systemic um, autonomic um, inflammation vis-a-vis my hypothalamus and some of the effects on heart rate, blood pressure, and the like. Um, uh, But again, it did not cure my entire virus systemically. That wouldn't be possible. Right. And I think that's, yeah, that is important to acknowledge. And it's amazing to see, you know, what, what is possible and and the benefits that are there. Um, But yeah, ultimately acknowledging that everyone, everyone's response will be different to your point, you know, juices alone are not curative, but if you are going to incorporate them, find the ones that work for you. And I love that that's, that's your mission and your motto and the work that you do, because I think that you know, this needs to be such a larger conversation, not just about juice, but uh, about health in general, is that it's not one one size fits all. And what works for one person doesn't necessarily work for another. And I'm such an advocate for people really getting to know their own bodies and, and what's unique about their biochemistry and their health conditions and, and yeah, not try to just jump on bandwagons. <laughs> You know, that's exactly right. And and I'll give a shout out to the Whole30 diet. I've never followed the Whole30 diet myself, but the Whole30 diet has Whole30, low FODMAP, Whole30, low histamine to their credit. Uh, but not not many other, so so if they're a, a um, I don't like to use the word diet in reference to the Whole30, even though they call themselves the Whole30 diet, it's more than a diet. It's a change in lifestyle, I think. But suffice to say, if they have it, not many other types of food-based companies really do. I mean, there are there are low FODMAP meal delivery services, um, which is wonderful, but not much else, and certainly not juice companies. So, um, so I completely agree with you. And I and I also I also empathize with, and I'm sure you do too, because you have this podcast and you talk to people about this all the time. But I empathize with the difficulty of finding out which. Uh, which foods are right for you and and the trial and error that's inherent in that process and how it can take years and I empathize with that as well. Yeah and thank you for for saying that because I think that you know you and I have both been there personally and have seen so many other people go through that process and it 
it is frustrating and it is long and there is a lot of trial and error involved. Um, and and it's, it, it, it's worth it in the end, but it's hard when you're in the middle of it and you feel like you just don't have any answers. Exactly, it's, it's not easy. Yeah. So for people who are lucky enough to, to be in New York and want to learn more about your business and the work that you do and maybe even try some of your juices, where can they find you? Right. So my business uh, name is Juice and Salt, um, and I'll, I'll say why it's called that if you're interested. Um, yeah. But my Instagram handle um, is at Juice and Salt. The word and is, is written out, uh, Andy. And um, it is, I named it Juice and Salt. I named originally my Instagram account before the business Juice and Salt because um, the, the, I've had, again, high and low blood pressure. I've had all, all six conditions. The period in which I had low blood pressure was longer than the period in which I had high blood pressure. So if we're looking at the things that helped me feel better food-wise, juice and salt were, were them. Um, uh, juice uh, for reasons we've already discussed and salt because it raises blood pressure. So um, that is the name. Um, so yeah, so at Juice and Salt, and as a DTC direct-to-consumer company, I take orders via DM and um, make it super easy. I have a menu on my on my Instagram um, with all twelve juices and all the delivery and pricing information, and I make try to make it easy in terms of um, asking you for a good um, delivery time frame. Uh, I deliver Mondays and Thursdays, interestingly enough, because the juices last three days and those are three days apart. Oh, perfect. So people can get, you know, three days worth at a time and then three days later get another another set. Yeah, I sell juices at one, three, six, and nine packs. Awesome. Okay, cool. I will make sure to link um, your Instagram and your website in the show notes below. So for all of you who are listening right now and want to go check it out, I highly encourage you. Um, Thank you. Also, Sabrina just posts awesome content and, and has, you know, I've especially noticed in the current climate, she's been posting a lot of positive um, content that just makes me happy to see every day. So I definitely oh, recommend you. following her for that reason. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate you coming on and, and having this conversation with me. Like I said, I think it's so necessary. And I'm, I'm really glad that you are doing this work and, and sharing your story with people. Thank you. Absolutely. Happy to be here. Thank you. And for everybody who tuned in today, thank you so much for listening. If you know of anybody in your life who might benefit from hearing this conversation, I highly encourage you to, to share this episode with them um, and make sure you're subscribed so you can hear future episodes as well. And as always, until next time, have a happy and healthy day. Thank you.